And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Before I forget, Master Chef Jeremy Stein. And uh, we, we are joined tonight from the SimpleLifeNow.com founder and supposedly an extraordinary podcast going up this week. Yes, Gary. It's already there. Gary Collins. Excellent. How are you, sir? We're all, I, I don't know if you're referring to I was me asking Gary here. first oh, and then I'll Thank get to you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I've had a very sad day today. I'm, I'm doing as well as I can. That's the best way to put it. I think that's the best all of us could hope for. And of course, this show wouldn't be complete without actor, writer, provocateur, saint, sinner, lover, father, grandfather, mathematician, statistician, math, mathematician, but most importantly, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah, we, honest, we try to be a little humble. Statistician and um, novelist, screenwriter, no. yes, producer, everything, and. Um, and of course, Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And and again, Master Chef, because really you cannot ever, ever, ever have enough good Master Chefs. Um, that that if if you watch Netflix, I am not so sure of that because they have a, so many series on Master Chefs. Um, but you are the master of master of master of chefs. Um, and I'm sorry you're sad today. If you care to share about it, you could share about it. Um, the weather here is terrible. It's overcast. It's not supposed to happen in L.A. I, I hate to overcast. say, Ben, I hate to say, Ben, of all the complaints in the world, we have luxury problems. That is, to- I know. I agree. I agree. That's a luxury problem. But also these scumbags that this insurance company are claiming is my fault for an auto accident. Really, it really was not my fault. However, what can I say? And on that note, let's get to really to the really sad news, uh, or the uh, which is uh, obviously uh, the the leader of the leader of this the leader of this. I don't even want to say it. Um, this great, great, great country. This great, great, great country um, that is uh, getting a little less and less on a daily basis. Um, but I, uh, the news reports came out over the weekend or the last couple of days, Ben Stein, and we were talking about this beforehand about the deal again with the Taliban to, uh, they offered the air base and Kabul to Americans to the, to, for the Americans to take, um, given that, and they did de- decline that because, you know, we were in a rush to get out of there. And well, why that, did well? Why did we decline that? I think that's the crucial. Oh, question. they'll never answer it. Um, they, they, I think they just wanted to get out. I mean, obviously, as as Joe as Biden said today, it was uh, it was pretty much it, it was a success. We got out. Forget about the two hundred people that got blown up. Forget about the countless Americans, including twenty four school children from California, that are still stuck there. Um, it was a success, and well, I don't understand I, it. Mr. Churchill, Winston Churchill, said famously after Dunkirk evacuation, wars are not won by evacuations. This is a long-term, gigantic, worldwide war against terrorists, thugs, and murderers, and rapists as well. And the fact that uh, we are uh, losing it and claiming it as a great victory is extremely unfortunate. It is a blow not only at the war, at a war, our war effort, but at truth. It's something as basic as truth. I mean, we are we are slapping truth in the face and saying we don't care about truth. We we don't, we just don't care about truth. And you're exactly right. And even you, Gary, who's wants you know for the most part, we all wanted with with, with to withdraw on some sort of normal terms. If there is, but there is no normal in that region, of course. Uh, agree that if given that deal, Trump would have jumped on that deal in a second. You mean we're going to just take care of Kabul, Gary, in the airport and, you know, get out safely. We decide when we leave, when we want. And what do you mean for- take that deal? We already had it. <laughs> that's, that's, there that's was no easy. deal to be made. We already yeah. had it. That's, Why did, so the, then what is the stated rationale of the Biden regime. There is no stated there rationale. Isn't. There, there is no. Yeah. Yeah, they, they won't answer. Yeah. They won't answer. Yeah. Really. They will not answer at all. No. That's, well, that's, 
No, they have the same answer for everything. We just wanted to get out. We wanted to evacuate. That's why they evacuated a day before they even needed to evacuate. There is no answer. We're not getting answers. There's no commissions yet, if there ever will be. Uh, but I mean, Ben Stein, there is no deal. It, it's it, this whole thing. Words don't describe the massive, this massive, uh, you know, failure. Words do not describe how 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 one thing could have gone as badly as it did when it didn't need to. Well, it, it, you know, to be fair, and I think our, I hope our show is about fairness. It could have gone a lot worse. I mean, the the uh, they could have been dropping murder shells and murder rounds into the Kabul uh, area or into into the Bagram Air Force Base night and day. I mean, the, we know they have the absolutely best murders in the world because they got them from the United States Army. They could have been firing artillery into the Bagram Air Force Base night and day. We know because we got the they got the heavy artillery from the U.S. Army Artillery Corps. So uh, we, they could have made it a, a hell of a lot worse than they did. So, uh, but but still, it wasn't good. And as I say, it is a terrible, terrible shame. Every for every life is precious. Uh, to lose those twelve or thirteen men who were killed at the, at, and women too at the uh, at the air base. But I think the worst, worst blow is one against the war on terror, which I guess we now say we're not going to fight anymore, or two, uh, the truth. I mean, it is a very sad thing when the administration simply says, we don't believe in truth. Truth is just what we say it is. There's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful super play called Jesus Christ Superstar. And it quotes from the New Testament. In which, in which uh, Jesus goes to Pontius Pilate and says, uh, that I, we all we hear you claim you're the king of the Jews. Is that the truth? And Jesus says, you say it's the truth. I didn't say it was the truth. And, and Herod, 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 not Pilate, Herod says, we all have truths, our mind the same as yours. So Biden obviously has his own truths. They're not the same as truth. <laughs> I don't know what Biden has, Gary. I uh, obviously he's he, part of you, we know from his press conference and many things he said he's been instructed to do certain things. Who's who's ordering those instructions? Some would say Obama. Some would say, obviously, the heads of the military. Some would say the bureaucrats. Some would say the State Department, the Pentagon. Who the hell knows who's giving him his directives? Because they all have different messages, Gary. Well, we know that he reads strictly from a teleprompter. We know that. So we know he's not, it's not his voice. He's, someone's writing this for him because you could see him struggling with the words. It's brand new to him. They may have rehearsed it once or twice, but you could tell that, that he's not speaking from his mind, you know, and not only that, but the, the most outrageous thing I, I see of this on top of needless death and and people being killed and stranded who will be killed later on is the fact that none of these leaders in the military, State Department, in our intelligence fields to include in our president, not one of them have admitted responsibility and resigned. Not one. Well, and why should they? There's nobody to hold them responsible. It's like a trial in which one person is prosecutor, judge, and jury, and executioner. And that person is the media Democrat Party monolith. And that, that those people are held accountable by no one except a few cranks and lunatics like us. And uh, otherwise, they get away with pretty much anything they feel like getting away with. It's not, it, it's not the America that it was, not by a long, long way. And in their defense, there are a few, and I say a few, um, on, you know, journalists out there, I don't want to call them honest, they finally decided to report um, on stories right now, but you do have, I believe, Peter De uh, Peter Angle or Richard Angle at uh, MSNBC. You had Martha Raddatz, who famously cried when Trump won, uh, being actually fairly tough with their questions. But Gary, the few it, don't outweigh the mass, as Ben says, as Ben is referring to. Well, it's it's an honor thing, right? <clears throat> you you make a disaster. And you mess your diaper, you take responsibility for it. That's what that's what real leaders do. We have no real leaders. These are cowards. 
These are people who have no conscience and will send your daughter and your son to death and they will not lose one wink of sleep over it. Then they will lie about it and they'll cover it up and they will blame you and Trump and her and this and that. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And then the, the, the Republicans are not standing up and saying enough's enough. This is it. See, Ben, he raised, that's the point you bring up. So you bring up this point, and, and this is why it's so, it's so. Um, and I brought up the other night, and I've brought up many times that we get rid of McConnell, because there should be 50 Republican senators in front of the White House screaming from the top of their lungs, doing whatever, setting into motion any plan they could have to hold these people accountable. To, to, to give it a shot, guys. Well, but wait a second. The Republicans in Congress have chosen whom they want to be their leaders. It's not up to us to choose them. The Republicans in Congress have chosen whom they want to be their leaders. We, these leaders are obviously wanting and lacking in some ways. We find the, the passivity of the Republican Party in this situation to be bewildering and sad, but it's not up to us to choose them. I mean, it's the whole, the whole meaning of a democratic society and, and a government of and by the people is that those people choose. It's not up to us to choose why they chose him. I don't know, but they must have had some reason. Or the, why they continually choose him is the better question. Why they continually, because they're all in, they, they are truly all in bed together, especially in the Senate. The Congress, in the House, you have a lot of, in the Congress, you have a ton of them who are screaming as, as loud as they can for anybody to hear. And they actually wanted, they actually, are trying to get stuff done. It's the Senate that we have a huge problem in. And we, as we see from these people, they, Glenn, uh, we get this light on. I'm they they truly here. do like Judah, status. Dark here. The Senate truly does like status quo. That's too bright. That's too bright. Uh, I like the Senate. The Senate, the Senate to me, just if I may say so, is allowed to choose who they want. And if they want status quo, then that then that's who they want. I just I just don't see what good it's going to do for people like you and me to say uh, get rid of McConnell. Obviously, the Republicans in the Senate find something very uh, appealing about him. What, yes, what, you see, that's the thing. They're not in touch with the base. They still think there's a party out there that is coming home to the McConnells, to the Ben asses. To 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 the other jackasses. I think his name is Ben Sad. Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Rhyme. It fits perfectly. There, they, they still think that there's a party that they're going to come home to, and the Republican Party, as they see it, is dead. It no longer exists. They are relics of the past, in my humble opinion. Well, I, I think you would have to have an awful lot of data to make that a meaningful statement. I mean, you'd have to have, have a lot of polling data about and by Republicans about who they consider to be their leaders and who they want to be their leaders. If they, well, I if think they, we do have data on it. They wanted Trump and it, it, with 75 million votes and Trump's agenda. Well, Trump wasn't running against McConnell. No, 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 I know, but their, their, their beliefs and ideologies don't go hand in hand. They just don't. I mean, there's we, we, we see it all the time. They, they don't go hand in hand. They don't go hand in hand. We have a way that the Congress organizes itself. It's been organizing itself like this for a very, very long time. It works fairly well some of the time. Some of the time it doesn't work well at all. But why is it that the Republicans in the Senate continuously, continually, endlessly Elect because okay, yeah, you want to know why? Because of the one thing you can't stay, you you're 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 extremely pro, which is term limits. So you have people that have been in there for twenty five years, to, to thirty or whatever, however many years, countless years in the Senate that are in the same sort of camp. They don't want to get rid of their buddy. I mean, it's, it's sort of I, I I would venture to say, and I, I keep on saying this: the next Senate. Um, um, <clears throat> the next Senate race is extremely important to get younger people, to get people in there from the military, from different diversities and backgrounds, and then to challenge McConnell. It's extremely important because there, it could be a difference of 10 votes. I don't know. He hasn't been challenged. I mean, I, mean, I would be curious to see 
what it would what what the Senate looks like when some some have retired, some of the old guard are retired, and hopefully you get we get some new life in there. No matter what age, whatever we get new life in there. I'd be curious to see. I would it would be I think it would not be a particularly difficult exercise to get a polling company to poll Republicans and find out if they're happy with their leadership. I was when I was a trial lawyer, which I was. Everyone forgets that before I was master chef, I was a a trial lawyer, we used to hire people to do polling data all the time. It's not that complicated to do. Why Why doesn't someone, we can't afford it, we have no budget, but why can't we get some uh, polling people to poll Republicans and ask them if they're happy with their leadership? Um, yeah, Gary. Well, it, I know how Nancy Pelosi runs it because I've heard from several people. She's strong arms. She flat out says, you vote against me or you vote against any of my minions, I will take you out. And she knows who votes for who. It is nothing but a bunch of backstabbing, you know, little tattletales in in the House. I I would imagine on the on the Republican side, it doesn't work much differently. It's probably more quiet, but it's all you will vote our party line. And if you don't guess what? You're done. Oh, but that is how that. it should be. That's how it should be. I mean, it should, you know, again, we're going. Uh, we're, we're, something. We're, we're going. You're going with the should be's. I'm not disagreeing. We're not disagreeing the fact that um, that this should be democratically done. We're saying we pray, or I'm at least praying that democratically done. You get more people in there that get rid of, well, of, of McConnell. You get rid of his leader. I mean, I hope somebody would challenge his leadership. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Ben, you're the one that's screaming, that's saying, why are they not in front of the, of the White yeah, House? Uh, and, I, and I find it extremely unfortunate that they're not doing that. Extremely unfortunate. It's repulsive. It's, it's, re- it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I don't know how you change it. I mean, we, we have uh, roughly 50 Republicans in the Senate, why aren't they out there? Why don't they just get on their uh, mopeds and go up to the White House and, and demonstrate? I don't know why. I really do. You know what? Know you know what? Sometimes it's Occam's razor. They are simply all part of the same swamp bureaucracy. They don't want change. They're happy with status quo. And I think sometimes it's, it's just as simple as that. McConnell likes being in leadership. He likes politics the way he likes politics. End of story. I could be wrong. Well, no, but 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 if that's true, I don't think it's going to change because that's the way the party runs. That's the way the party. You know, the that's party the part. That's the way the party runs for now. The Tea Party came in and got rid of people that nobody thought. You know, when they primaried Eric Cantor, they changed the landscape of the party. You never know what you listen. Donald Trump became president of the United States. Okay, well, I, so if, if they can do it, it's it's fine with me. But as I say, keep saying, it's not up to us. There must be an awful lot of people in the Senate who like McConnell because he keeps getting a majority uh, ranking member over and over and over again. Okay, so do you? Okay, so let me by your metric. Let me ask you a question and answer this honestly. And because Gary no, brought no, up, no, her, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah, Gary brought up her name. How many people do you really think like Nancy Pelosi? I don't think anybody likes. Her. Okay, that's the that's the, the exact world. point. I, I don't think she has a friend in the world. But Nancy Pelosi is not to be compared with McConnell. McConnell is a friendly, nice guy. Nancy oh, Pelosi he's Ben. A he's a fr- Ben. I, I, he, friendly, nice guy. To who? I've never I've met him. He's been very friendly to me. Ben, you know what? I'm sure there are people that have been a lot fr- very friendly. The Ben Stein experience in the world is different than the Gary Collins, Judah Friedman, and the people that listen to the show world. It's a it's a truly different experience. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, a show where we encourage discourse and, and we encourage cooking. And we encourage cooking, of course. I want to thank everybody that's in the chat. I want to remind everybody to please, um, to please, to please keep downloading the oh show. Here's Robert Kendall. I, I see someone. Uh-oh. <laughs> Internet is finally working. Um, Yay! Good to know. Um, you look great, Rob. Lift that camera up a little bit so we could see your full head. I mean, you don't want to Indiana we grow hair to not get its plugs. No, no, you're not. You no, no, you have to you have to move the. Move the camera screen back a bit so the camera gets your face in there. Um, <laughs> and I remember, benstein.substack.com. Download the episodes. Also go to Gary's 
uh, podcast, simplelifenow.com. And of course, we'll, we are welcomed by, by the president of Conservative Talk Radio from 93.1 BAM, WIBC, Rob Kendall. Better late than never. We are here. Let's roll. What's going <laughs> on there in Indianapolis? The there delayed... was a problem with the internet. It is fixed. I am ready to roll. Let's do it. Did you call in Al Gore? I was going to say, Al Gore took a nap. The internet went down. It's over with. Okay. <laughs> you guys are great. And on that note, welcome everybody back to the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Second topic of the night is I, I, I was obviously we were, many of us were watching uh what, it, what happened at the funeral yesterday. And I couldn't help but think of it being like sort of a Ted Kennedy going to Mary Jane Chapekne's. Um, oh, go back go, to that. Go no, no, it was the same thing. He, he, he imagine if uh, Joe Kennedy, I mean, Ted Kennedy showed up for her funeral. That's the same thing with Biden showing up to the funeral of these 13 uh, brave uh, women and men that lost their lives. He got them killed and he showed up to the funeral. But wait a second, 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 How did he, I'm sorry, how did he get them killed? What do you mean? And he, he didn't, he wanted, we, we were trying to defend the airport so people could be evacuated. So there We were defending it with the Taliban. We were not just only defending with the Taliban. We were the troops were pretty much told to stand down. Stand down. Had he, and had stand he, there. Had he accepted the, the Taliban's deal? I know, I know, I know. But with, with he, he didn't send them out there and say go be killed. They were there for a purpose. They were there to guard the airport and allow. The ben, had he not done the evacuation, or he had he not done the but exit, if, then you would be yelling at him, saying he hadn't done the evacuation. No, I wouldn't have done, been yelling at him had he not had he done the uh, the evacuation like most people were suggesting, or it, had he done it normally. These thirteen troops don't die. Why? If you have you have people in a battle, people die. Ben, I, I, the nature I, I, of a battle. I, they weren't in battle though they were well, standing were they were standing down in the path of a suicide bomber who was let in by the security force that joe biden put in okay. control okay. A, okay the biggest terrorist organization in the world who let yeah, them through you, that's i mean i know we're reaching that i know we're reaching. Wait he wait personally wait didn't wait do it wait but. a second wait a second did we or did we not want the army to patrol and protect the bagram air force base Yes, with a, with, a, with a big ass perimeter. The fact that we had zero perimeter, the fact that, that, that helicopters had to fly 200 yards just to get hostages or just to get Americans or Afghans out, 200 yards, they had to fly helicopters. That's how dangerous the situation, that's how much precarious the situation he and the generals. And, like, and they had warnings. They had intel well, that a bombing was imminent. Yeah. But they have intel that bombings are imminent all the time. Bombings are imminent all the time. Look, with all due respect, I, I love people in the military. My wife's family are a military family. I love them a lot. But let's be honest here. We wanted the military to do some protecting. That put them in harm's way. That's what happens to armies and Marines. That's no, that but we did, the, the protection that they were put, the, the, the predicament, the setting of how they were put in was done so ass backwards that it put them in grave danger. You but try to, you know, Ben, you mitigate danger. The, 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 so I mean, they were fighting against a. They weren't fighting. Bomb. They were standing there. If they were fighting, it's a different story. I know, but if they had known that people were running towards them with bombs, they would have been fighting. But that's not how suicide bombings work. They attack people who are not shooting at. They them. should never have been allowed within four hundred yards of that base. If American soldiers were not allowed to fight. They should in no way have been allowed to get anywhere near that base to set off a suicide, a homicide and, bomb. And say, if you if you know that these that the American soldiers are ordered not to shoot at people running towards them with bombs, I think, you know. More OK, now you're going know. into a semantic thing. I'm simply saying if they if we have a 400 yard buffer, 500 yard buffer. We're no car we're with major barriers where cars can't drive through and set off or, or people can't get through and set off a mass bomb. Then that's a different story. 
it, I mean, it, 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 we, we, they, we literally offered those people standing up on those walls, zero protection. Well, that is, the, if I may say so. It's their job to die. The yes, that it's their is, job that, to that die. Is, that, that is the fault of whoever was in charge of the de- deployment of men and women around the, around the Bagram Air Force Base. I don't think that's Biden's fault. I mean, surely, we, we, look, no, I, I yield to no one in my uh, unhappiness with Biden. I think this man is a very, very subversive and dangerous person. I, uh, even so, I'm sure he did not order them to go into situations where they are li- where they were certain to be killed. And the whole situation assured death. This whole evacuation. That's true of battles everywhere. Oh, this isn't wasn't a battle. We this were evacuating incorrectly. But that's. God bless you. If you know more about it than the, than, than the army officers. Yes. You know what? Can it. I be honest with you, Ben? You're the ones that say generals are some of the stupidest people. You know they what? Are. Any yeah. any four of us could have done a better job evacuating Kabul and Afghanistan than these military generals and Joe I'm, R. Biden. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I'm 100 percent positive. Rob. Well, Welcome well, to the show. Well, 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 I'll knock it down to the basics. Here, here it is. I did security. It's concentric rings of security. That's how it works. So the further out the circle is, the less security, it gets tighter, 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 tighter to the tightest. Here's the thing. We weren't running any of those circles of security. The biggest terrorist organization in the world was running the security for us that automatically is against all protocols all security protocols in the u.s military in the secret service in the u.s state department it is against all of them no one does that well that then in that case the people who are running who are running the evacuation within the military should be court-martialed and who is their boss he does do do you think that the president of the united states actually gets down and decides and dictates day by day, yard. Well, by supposedly, yard, according to him, he was getting briefings every day, minute by minute, minute by minute, know, second you, by you second. Think he was being briefed on where every twenty-five men and women. Ben, stood? can I ask you a question? I mean, I, I, obviously, we're not going to agree on this. Do you, I mean, you don't think this situation could have been avoided? You don't I think, think it could have been avoided now that we're looking at it with hindsight? No, yes, but hindsight. Ben, everybody was saying we were doing this the wrong way for weeks. They were saying we were doing this the wrong way for weeks. Somebody must have been saying we're doing it the right way because the generals and colonels are in charge. Who should all be? Who should all be? Yes. Who should all be? If if some of them actually were told you're putting these guys in a way in a place where they're likely to be killed and I cannot shoot back. Of course, there was a Marine this week that said it. And he and he was sent to to, to the hospital, a a big Marine that he was sent to the hospital to get his head checked. Right, Rob, with PTSD. Yeah, we had a big uh, a a big segment on him today. And as I was on my hands and knees restarting and restarting the Internet and crawling under uh, various cabinets here at the house, I was thinking I was as I was listening to you guys. I think this is one of the greatest tragedies in American history. And look, Ben, you're a much greater student of American history than I am. But when you think about the 13 American soldiers were basically left for dead, people for a week were waving their hands saying, hey, there's something terribly wrong here. Something is not right here. Something bad is going to happen. And the president of the United States does nothing about it. And then it happens. Who do you blame it on? Well, do you think, wait a second. I'm saying you guys know a lot more than is in the is, is in the newspapers. Do, do you think that people are coming to Biden and saying, "Look, we've got these 25 men and women. They're exposed. Nobody's protecting them. They're totally exposed to a suicide bomb." And and he said, "Go ahead, leave them there." Yes, a hundred percent. They okay, left. A hundred percent. They had intel. You're right, and I know you're going to say. Like you said before, well, here's the thing. No, no, no. I'll get. I'm going to nip this in the butt right now. If that was, let's just say he didn't know, and that it was a leader in the military that made that decision, and this happened. Why didn't he fire him? And I remember him giving a speech saying, "The butt stops with me until something goes wrong. Then it's someone else's fault." See, there's the problem. There's the disconnect. If he doesn't know, okay then you fire the person who does know who made that decision. That didn't happen either. So that tells me dumbass had some knowledge and knew what was going on. 
Because if he fires that person, guess what? That person goes, well, wait a second. We told him exactly what was going on. And he told us, just ignore it. That's what's going on. It's a cover up. It's a massive cover up. And it 25 25 people is not a massive number. We only lost one in 18 months before that. Two, 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 to be fair, two in 18 months. And that was, I believe, in retribution. For um, the still not large numbers for a war. Ben, these are human beings. I don't care if it's one person. Of course, you know, you know, if you think you can fight a war without losing one person, we weren't fighting at this point. We were evacuating. Well, in that case, why were they there at all? I agree, Ben. Ben, but there was over a hundred Afghans killed and hundreds of people injured. This was not a small bomb. This was a very large bomb. And there was two. Okay. Two people then, got then, through the, the Taliban then, security. Okay. Taliban, then, not ours. They didn't get then, through our security. Okay, then, some, then somebody should be court-martialed. But if you think I agree. That, pre- that presidents are responsible for the disposition of forces of that size, I think you're very much re- misreading history. Well, no, 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 no. When he was the one who initiated this, this uh, I'll call it an evacuation. I don't know what you call it. I would call it a goat rope as a redneck. But this was his decision to pull out early. He was offered Kabul. He was offered Bagram Air Force Base. He declined both. He gave the security to the Taliban. Him. Those were his decisions. He is the president. Okay, that's then. Fine. Then. No, there's one more step. Then he was given 10 more days to evacuate people. He declined. He declined yet again. So he sped the process up further, making the security even worse because well, now it's that- pure panic. Well, then in that case, there's a line of a chain of command. He's not the person who's ordering around 25 people or 30 people or 50 people or 100 people at Bagram Air Force Base. There's a long chain of command. He's not ordering around these very small number of people. Someone else is. It's that person who should be court-martialed. I don't think presidents order around dispositions of that small an amount of forces. The reports are saying... He had knowledge. He had knowledge of what was going on the ground. He made the decision to evacuate anyway. He made the decision to give up Kabul. He made the decision uh, to that give up I don't doubt at all. But let's talk. You're, you're, you're talking about 13 men and women who should no altogether 30 that were injured. Okay, okay, 30. That is not the kind of numbers that presidents usually deal with in wars. Presidents deal this, with numbers we weren't, we in, the, weren't, in thousands. Not, and this wasn't a war. It was an evacuation. So, so, you, so you think that Joseph Biden made the decision to keep this small number of men and women where exactly where it was. He did yeah, that himself. Yes, no, no, I, no, no, I, no. I, get, I get what Ben's going for. He's wow. saying that this contingent, he did not make that decision. I will agree. But he put we used you're an attorney, Ben. We used to call it causal chain in, in the government, causal chain of events. He put this by his orders and his directives. He put this in uh, these events in a series. Right. And some and somebody way, way, way below the president, way below them said, hmm, you know, these guys standing on top of walls or wherever they're standing, uh, they're in a very exposed position. Uh, I don't think I'll leave them there. I don't think Biden makes decisions. No, 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 I agree. I no, no, you see, I, 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 I want to get to Robert. This is where I disagree because he, his, the whole situation is exposed because of all his orders to evacuate. We're not in this position if he doesn't set in motion. Well, we're not in this position if, 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 if we hadn't invaded mm-hmm. Afghanistan in the first place. I mean, if you start going back to the beginning of it. No, I don't, I'm not going back to the beginning. People, we, ben, in 18 months, two troops died. In seven months, we within seven months, we've, we've seen what happened. We had close to 30, 13 dead that are so far dead and 18 or 17 more that are injured. Okay, not to mention, yeah, Judah, if you if you if you really think that people uh, dispositions of troops of this small size are governed by the president of the United States. I said I what's set in motion, Ben. Ben, I said what said then it was set in motion. By whoever invaded Afghanistan in the first place. I, I, I Rob, help. I mean, join in. You know, the soldier, the, the soldier who resigned and he courageously resigned and he said, you can keep your pension, you can keep your retirement, all of those things. 
you know, he, he laid this out and this is part of the conversation we had the last couple of days is what obligation do you have as a soldier? I mean, this wasn't a strategy. Uh, he wasn't upset about strategy. He wasn't upset about, Hey, we should go here instead of there. He was upset that his brothers and sisters, 13 of them had been led to a lonely grave by the president of the United States who had been warned repeatedly and did nothing, despite the fact that so many people, not just in the media, but soldiers, people high up the food chain were saying, wait a second, there's a, a severe issue here. And Joe Biden did nothing. So you, you also think that Biden himself, the president of the United States, is responsible for the disposition of 13 soldiers. Is it to me? Yes. Yeah. I think he's directly responsible for their deaths. I think absolutely. I think you couldn't make up being this bad. I think if you tried to be this bad on military strategy, I mean, we shouldn't be able at home to look at this and go, this is going to end terribly. And the president of the United States going, oh, that was four or five days ago. People were begging him, hey, sir, please, something terrible is going to happen. And he was completely dismissive of it. If, if that's true, I mean, if, there's, if there really is some kind of evidence that he was told this is a prelude to murder and he said, I don't care. That's a different story. Well, he I, did with the people generally, left behind. Generally, right? That's a different story. That's that, that's a different story. The question the question is, do you do you think in wartime or in evacuation time, presidents are responsible for such small dispositions of troops? Yes, when they're big when the big order comes above and causes this to happen through a series of events, yes. But what I about you, you mean you think that Biden himself said to these guys, "You, I, I've been told over and over again that you guys are in harm's way and you're going to get killed, but I want you there anyway. Yeah, they had tons of warnings, Ben, that uh, they were terrorist attacks that were imminent. They had tons of intel. They have tons of warnings about every day about Ben. Warnings. They Ben. They, they they they. I told you the hour before it happened, they had intel for 24 hours. I was listening to the news before it happened. And an hour later, the terrorist attack actually did happen. It wasn't, they, I know they have tons of intel all the time, but this was it, it, it just sheer coincidence or by dumb luck that an hour or two hours after they had all this intelligence, he was intent on getting us out on, before this deadline. He wanted to have his September 11th moment where he said, we ended this war on September 11th. He didn't care how he got out. As Ben, I mean, what about, like I said, what about all the Americans left behind? We have 24 That's school children, terrible, Ameri terrible, uh, California terrible, school children. Terrible, we have terrible, zero idea, terrible. zero idea on. So so do I blame That's that on Biden? A hundred percent, because it's all to, towards the same thing. This I think that you're you're, you're asking it with all. I think we've, we've bothered the subject enough after this, if I may say so. But I but we have. We do not have wars or evacuations in which uh, out of a military that is over way over a million men and women, uh, we have uh, a president guiding the disposition of 13 men and women. I could guarantee you one thing. If this was under Trump's watch, he would have been impeached uh, six, six days before no, it happened. Not over this. Uh, oh, really, Ben? They no. impeached him over over the most ludicrous things in the world. No, they they would have this. they no. would have impeached him over this. I could guarantee no. if you, Ben, they impeached <laughs> well, well, him over a phone call with the Ukraine. I don't think they would have done this. But well, okay, Jude, I, well I, here's I the thing, I, though. If he's not responsible, let's take this route. He's not responsible, but yet he shows up for his photo op at the funeral. That, what, I, which that which is it? Terrible. You can't have your cake that, and eat it too. Which no, one that, is it? I, I I think that was embarrassing that he did that. He should not have done that. I agree. And on that yeah. note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Yes, we're getting a little argumentative tonight. Um, and that's have, what we're supposed to do. That that is what we're supposed to do, yep. and uh, that is our job is to get argumentative and uh, love each other no matter what afterwards. I want to welcome everybody in the chat and. These things are important. The reason these conversations are important is because these are the conversations you're going to be having at home. These are the conversations you can be having with your friends or your enemies and um, and people you don't like. And um, what separates us is that we could walk away afterwards a little frustrated, a little whatever, but we're still friends. And that's what separates us from the left. And uh, I want to remind everybody to please 
get Ben Stein's email, benstein.substack.com or join from the Simple Life Now.com founder, Gary Collins, Rob Kendall from 931, BAM, WIBC, the president of Conservative Talk Radio, and of course, America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I said this last show or two shows ago, Ben, about him using his dead son as a continual prop, um, his son that died of cancer, not during war. And um, quite a few of the Gold Star families were offended by him trying to empathize, uh, not stare him in the eye. I'm not going to even get to the watch thing, but him wearing a mask outside, that's a whole other thing. But continually using his dead son to empathize with these parents that just lost their children, many of them blaming him. Let's get off that. But either way, using his dead son, it's like enough, man. Like, come on, man, as he would say, like, come on, man, stop using your dead damn son. Well, it's an incredibly sad thing that his son died, but I agree, his son dying of cancer has very little to do with people dying during war. He had time to say his goodbyes. Yeah. Okay, as I say, I think we've hit this subject enough. We're all terribly sorry. No, 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 I'm just saying. And I think it's a bit far-fetched that the president is responsible for that. But if you if you insist upon it, God bless No, you. what I was saying was using it as a comparison of comparing his son's cancer death. He got to say goodbye to Bo. So it's not the same situation. Of it, 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 it's you you know it's like that's why we have support groups. So we we all go through what we went through. Um, go to a cancer support group, Joe Biden. Don't you know? Go to the military families that have just lost their children. Is simply what I was what I was trying to get at, Ben. Okay, let's go to the next subject. Rob, please bring up something that's popular in Indiana today. Well, we had we had Gary Collins on the Mock and Rob show last week. It was awesome. Oh, thank you, Gary, thank you, thank you. Gary was a tremendous guest. It was thirteen of the best minutes of radio we've ever done. And, you know, look, I thought Gary raised an interesting point last week in because Gary, look, Gary served and Gary served in between the time of the bombing of the USS Cole and 9-11. And I thought Gary gave a great perspective on the chatter, on the things that were going on on the ground over there. And it's in many ways, it's very reminiscent from the things Gary described and things we've, we've talked about off air before. I just don't understand how you don't know. I don't understand if you're the president, how you don't know something big is about to take place, especially when there are people in the rank and file, people in the mainstream media waving their hands going, hey, sir, this is a very dangerous operation that's going on right now. And by the way, this it's it's even worse than you think, because I was in Fun City in New York the day before the bombing, and I heard on the radio the cab I was in, there's CBS News or some national news uh, entity saying uh, the, the airwaves are filled with warnings of enor- an enormous terrorist strike about to be launched against the United States. Uh, wait a minute. If this isn't well known enough to be on the news, sure, surely somebody at the CIA or the NSA or somebody must know something about it. But they did. Not. No, they did. They did, they did, Ben. It was... I don't want to get too far into that, but I'll, I'll kind of do a couple comparisons with the USS Cole, where I lost 17 of my shipmates who didn't get to defend themselves yet again. Uh, a boat, uh, a, a boat came up uh, inflatable with, uh, you know, Yemenis. <laughs> they were Al Qaeda. They've came up, and all ships are armed. Again, you have watches, you have guards. Their guns, guess this, empty. They had no ammo in the guns. They were told they were not allowed to stand watch with a loaded firearm. The boat came up, the dinghy came up. They went right up to the side of the ship and detonated it. What's the difference? They were told, stand out. You are not allowed to fire upon any. That to me was ridiculous, first of all. Well, what second of per- all, what was second the purpose all, of that? What was the point of that? I, <laughs> I don't know. No one knows. And heads rolled. I'll tell you right now, that captain got fired and he got in deep, deep shit for that. That didn't go well for him. Now, all the people involved. Now, 9-11, 
you guys need to go back. This is pretty well known. Uh, there's been a pretty big cover. I was in, I kind of, there was a lot of shit going on. I won't get into it, but there was an FBI agent. I believe she was out of Minna, Minneapolis, if I remember right, maybe Detroit. I can't remember. She had all the intel and she had built and she knew exactly what was going on. She had tracked, they had tracked all these guys going to the pilot schools. The cell, when I was at State Park, was being developed in San Diego. I saw part of that happen in my gym. They were in my gym. There was a hell of a lot of information out there, and it was well known what was going to happen and what they were planning, and it happened anyway. I don't why, know what to well, say. Okay, well, what, well, why did it happen? Why, did, why do things like that happen? Again, sheer incompetence. Uh, back then, well, it was a little in, different. But that's in comments on a colossal scale. Well, what it was was the intel agencies, uh, and I know this firsthand, back then the intel agencies didn't talk to each other. It was very competitive. So the NSA wasn't necessarily telling the CIA what was going on, and it, it was very compartmentalized within the agencies. So a lot of the traffic wasn't crossing. The human intelligence, human, SIGINT, we had it. But it wasn't being correlated correctly because the agencies wouldn't talk to each other. That's what a lot of uh, what Bush tried to fix. He kind of fixed it. That's where Homeland Security came from is because they found that there was a big deficiency that all the information was there. All the intel was there. It was all there. They didn't communicate properly. And this F look this up, guys, this female agent. I mean, she was beside herself. She had it all laid out. She sent everything up her chain of command. It was ignored time and time and time again. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty what amazing to her? story. What happened to her? I do not. I, I don't remember. She just finally left. I do not remember. Uh, she went public and then it got quiet. Um, I feel bad for her because she 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 was a true patriot. She tried. She did everything she possibly could. It wasn't just her. There was other people involved, but. She tried spearheading to get this information to the to the top and to get it to the president, get it to the CIA and to everyone ignored her. It was pretty much all ignored. And that's what I mean. 9-11's complicated, but the information was there because I worked in it. I was I was in this stuff. And I'm telling you, we knew it. And we used to sit in the back of the follow vehicles in New York when we were there, when we were hot, running high threat details. And we always said it's coming. We saw it. We went. It's coming. We know it's coming. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. I'll be honest with you. It, it, all the information was there. What happened? I mean, this reminds me of Pearl Harbor. I mean, we had it's a, a lot it's of very a similar. Lot of, a lot of warnings that something was coming from Japan towards Pearl Harbor. And in fact, the people who ran, manned the radar stations at the top of uh, at the top of North End of Oahu said we're seeing a huge, huge blip, like nothing yep. ever seen before. On the radar screen, we don't have no idea what this is, and they called in, and they and they were told to ignore it. It's probably somewhere just a flock of birds. They were told to completely ignore it. Well, it, it goes it, beyond that, Ben. Don't you remember they had intel? They were we were intercepting their traffic. We, we I think we even had the details of the possible plan, if I remember right. Am I wrong? I I think we, somebody had it. I'm not sure the Navy had it, but but somebody yeah. had it. But they actually had it say a half hour before the planes reached Pearl Harbor, they had in detail how many planes there were and where they were heading. So this, my point is, is failures of intelligence operations are commonplace. It's, it's, it's very unfortunate, but it's commonplace. It's, it's very, very commonplace. I mean, people, there were, there were warnings about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. They were ignored. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that that has to change and that we need to change is that you need to listen. That, that, and you've brought this up that generals and the, the heads are not always the that we get are the best and the brightest people that are on the ground that have intel need to be listened to and taken more seriously. And it, it has to do with who we appoint. And this goes to every administration appointing people. You know, you listen, sadly, Trump appointed Milley and, um, he, you know, who's the head of the Joint Chiefs right now. So this it, 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 appointing the right people and listening, it's like you say to a parent, you know, uh, parents need to listen to their children more when they complain about certain things that are going on in school. Listen to your kids. If your kids are saying that a teacher's acting, you know, in a certain way or, 
for years, so much abuse went on in, in, in many different uh, religions and, and different things because parents didn't listen to their children when they came home from school and complained. The same thing needs to be said for the intelligence community. Well, it's a little trickier than that. We had a saying in the military, didn't mean to cut you off, but we used to say 05 and above is nothing but a politician with a uniform. Once you get to a certain rank, it becomes very, very competitive and very, very political. And the, the people who play the political game the best are those people who are leading, you know, CENTCOM and leading the agency. Those what is are 05? the people. What is 05? It depends on it, it depends on what what branch. Uh, but it was like a captain, colonel or a major captain, or colonel. Yeah. So we always said because it takes 04, you get to 03 automatically. 04, you have to be technically promoted. 05, that's the stumbling block because that's the big one. So those who are politically connected and play the game usually get to five. I'm not saying all. There's some good O5s out there. Rob, jump but, in at any time. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, well, Rob. I, I just wouldn't bring that up. Well, I think Gary, when he was on with us, told a really interesting story. And it was a great interview. And I, I love having Gary on. It was about how, you know, he was protecting these guys who would go to lunch, like in downtown Maine, Yemen. Yeah, in, 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 in main areas of where he was protecting them. These politicians or these high-ranking bureaucrats would just say, hey, we're going to lunch someday. And they'd be like, but you're putting all these people in danger. And the people would be just like, yeah, we want to go to lunch. Yeah. And I think it's there's just a, an utter disconnect between the people making the decisions and the lives they're impacting on the ground. And I think you saw that on an immense scale with Afghanistan. All right, I'm sorry. Well, we, we were in the port of Aden. We were in one of the most dangerous places in the world at that point. Anyone who's been to the port of Aden, it is a shithole and I'm being nice. I'm being really gentle. We used to say the state bird was a plastic trash bag because you would look outside and the window is blue and there'd be all those like Walmart trash bags flying around. And if you got up at the first thing in the morning at like five, six a.m. and you'd be out there, you would see all the guys going from the whorehouse and bar to the mosque. Then you would see people throwing their trash out they threw their trash directly out their window and, and the trash service was goats. I kid you <laughs> not. That's it was a hellhole, and we would have to scramble because uh, the deputy chief of mission would come up and go, Hey, we want to go eat lunch and we're going out downtown. And we're like, what we're scrambling. We got, you know, we're in fully armored vehicles. We're grabbing M4s. We're grab, grabbing whatever we can. And we would be out in the wind because guess who had to stand outside in the middle of downtown standing in front of a fully armored vehicle waiting for these dipshits to finish their lunch. They didn't give two hoots about any of us. They didn't care at all. We were fodder. We were just a point and we were called knuckle draggers in the State Department. That was our nickname. They called us knuckle draggers until shit went wrong. Then we were their best friends in the entire world. And then when the shit cleared out, we were douchebags again. It was amazing. To see. That's why I left state. That's why I left. I, I couldn't. But, what, I couldn't. but, what, but, but uh, you think this is going to change? I mean, is, is, no, what, 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 what it hasn't been. It hasn't. This was no. over 10, 12 years ago. And Pearl Harbor was over how many years ago? So, uh, no, I don't think 19, any. No. I don't think it's going to change. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. Remember to keep downloading our podcast. Also. <laughs> What's so funny? He's looking at his face. Looks like he's just taking a great, 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 great deal of Chardonnay. And uh, okay, no. But ben also, uh, please get Ben's email, benstein.substack.com. We are joined tonight by the simplelifenow.com founder, Gary Collins. And of course, from the Mock and Rob show, every day, 9 to noon, 93.1, bam, WIBC, Rob Kendall. And in my favorite story of the day, a Florida dino owner posts sign telling Biden backers, Teed elsewhere in a statement she wrote if you vote <laughs> sorry eat, eat elsewhere yeah a diner owner uh, okay she that she doesn't want biden voters in her establishment that's funny. what that's funny she posted funny. a sign that said if you vote if you voted and continue to support and stand behind the worthless inept and corrupt administration currently inhabiting inhabiting the white house that is complicit in the death of our servicemen and women in Afghanistan. Please take your business elsewhere. The blunt notice reads, 
But I sort of whether you whether you agree with her or not, I sort of like that there's somebody finally on the right giving it back to people on the left, because this is a common stance from people on the left, Ben, that they want nothing to do with anybody that voted for. And trust me, I see it in my social life more than I anything. Hear, let, let's 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 not forget all about this. These guys are dead. God bless them. We love them. We love their families. Let's hear more about your social life. No, my social, this, this goes into my social life because before I read this, I was thinking about posting in my, one of my profiles, if you voted for Biden, I do not want to, if you voted for dementia man or senility man, I do not want to, you, you please do not get into contact with me. And I just, and it was funny that I read this piece afterwards because that's what I'm constantly reading about if you if you voted for the big bad orange man, I want nothing to do with you. So I hey, actually, I want, yeah. But 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 I I would like to know what ha- have you done any of that in your ads? No, I was about to. And okay, well, I, I, want, I think we want to hear about that. I haven't done it yet. When you do it, let us know. I I, I, I will do it tonight, and I can tell you the response will not be positive. I'm dying. I want to hear it. I think we're all dying there. We'll be on on Tuesday, and we're all dying. I I will be reported Thursday. I will be reported. I will be banned, Rob Kendall, because uh, I I, I will will have... Triggered. You have people. violated policy. You have violated policy. I violate. I, I have. It's yeah. interesting. I was talking to somebody today I that I work with, head. and they no, were you're here, talking ben. about the different things you can do. And I wonder. And the the saying was, I wonder if I do this, if I'll get banned. And isn't that sort of sad? The world we live in now, where if you just do basic yes. things that are freedom yes. of speech, you're not threatening anyone, you're not harming anyone. I wonder if I say this if I'll get banned or laid. Well, I, and I'll give you what I think is a sadder commentary. I do all the shopping in the Stein family because I am the master chef. And as I'm going out of the store or going through the meat counter or the fish counter or the poultry counter or other fucking counters, or I say, I always say to the people, God bless you. And then I say, and God bless America. Hardly anyone says it back except in Idaho. In North Idaho, they say, yes, God bless America every day. So How's your grilled cheese, Ben? How's what? How's your grilled cheese? I don't make that. I don't like grilled cheese. I'm he makes sorry. French toast. French toast. That's French right. Toast. I'm a French <laughs> Same thing. Filet of salmon, uh, prime ribeye, and uh, that's pretty much it. What are you making tonight? Tonight I am making a schooner bay uh uh, fillet of salmon and i make it i'll tell you how i make it since we we i think it's very very important that we eat properly i first spray pam on the bottom of the, of the pan then i put a little chousson of butter on it then i put a little double chousson of uh olive oil on it then i wash the salmon with water in my own hands and then I put it on, and I heat up the pan until it's sizzling. Then I put on the the fish. Then I put this is something very few people know how to do. I put on uh, seasoned salt on it, and also seasoned pepper, and also lemon pepper. And what, Glenn? What are those green things that I put on the uh, potatoes? Thanks, thanks, Rob. Yeah. Glenn can't remember, but anyway. The incredibly chives. chives, thank you. Chives. Front chives. I wait till it's uh, pink, just pink on the inside, and then I take it out and I have one of my footmen bring it up to my wife, and if she pronounces herself satisfied with it, then the meal may begin. The, the, then, there you are, Rob. There, there is the menu du jour in the stein. Well, that's it, that's just the beginning of it. Then I have to make the baked potato. I put in a baked potato from Idaho, baked Idaho potato, in the microwave for 12 minutes, slice it open, put in butter and sour cream and chives and seasoned salt. And then I put it on a plate, put it on a tray, and another one of our footmen bring it up to my wife. She declines it. She will not eat a potato. She puts it on my side of the room and I sit down, eat it, and we then, we take a taste, see if we like it. Then we put in Perry Mason, 
from 1958. And if we're happy with Perry Mason, we're set. See, there, there you are, Robin. Yes, somebody, we will one day have a show with Ben cooking in front of us. Uh, and Perry Mason. Perry Mason. And, and Perry Mason, it'll, it, it'll, it'll be riveting. Um, uh, I want to know, of, the, of these incredibly smart men here, how many of you have ever watched Perry Mason? The original one was Raymond Burr. I have okay. many times. I have. Yeah, you got to remember when we were growing up, Perry Mason was on on all the time. It was on all the time. And this, I mean, it was on because it was on basic channels all the time. It was before. uh, I mean, Gary, I'm sure that's how you watched it. It was before Andy Griffith, if I remember right, is either before or after. It stopped being on uh, on uh, broadcast networks, one of the three networks, I think in 63 or No, 64. no, the syndications, oh, the, yeah, re- the, the reruns. Yes, it was, it, was, it, was on t- it was on television when I was growing up every single day. I watched it with we, my grandma, Ben. We watch it and we try to figure it out. Yes, I used to be a big yep. fan of Matlock growing up. Oh, I was a big fan. We only had one TV of whatever my parents had on. So Matlock was one of those shows. Andy Griffith. Pretty damn, pretty damn good we actor. Um, Facing the crowd, what an incredible movie! An incredible movie, and very few people know about it. But it is, in many ways, the essence of politics. Yeah. I would say, aside from uh, the great, great movie about Huey Long, what was that movie called? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, that was uh, that's the best movie about politics I've ever seen. Ben, uh, Matt, ben Matlock was a superior attorney to Perry Mason. No yeah. doubt. So, well, wait, wasn't Matlock, wasn't, wait a second, wasn't Raymond Burr Matlock? No, no, he was Ironside. It was Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Oh, that was, all that right, was, all right, all right. I'm going to look for Matlock. I'll order 100 copies. It was an exceptional show. I got to be honest. Oh, he always wore that white suit. You'll love and, it, Ben. You'll and, white suit. A white suit. White suit. Not a white shirt. Not a white shirt. A white suit. Don Knotts was his neighbor. Tyler Hudson oh, was his private eye. That's right. They brought back Don Knotts I to be his neighbor. That. I totally I forgot, forgot Don Knotts. Another oh, guy. I order it. God bless you. Another guy yeah. that that the in in American television and media history, one of the most underrated people of all time was Don Knotts. Um, I loved I, love I loved Knotts. him dearly. But Ben, you didn't like Get Smart, um, so that's uh, um, one of my favorite shows. But we have run out of time. Um, I want to remind everybody: we did have a discourse in the show. We do. We disagree. We agree. The important thing is that we're still allowed to do that in America. Yes. And it is really important that people understand that. You might disagree with me. You might disagree with Ben or Rob or Gary. It's all good. We love disagreement. It, we love agreement. If we were all here agreeing all the time, it would be the most boring um, 60 minutes in the world. Um, we don't come here. We come here because it expands our brains. And I will think about what Ben said after the show. And maybe I'll change my mind on it. I often do do that after I speak to Ben. And I will have Flattered. other second Flattered. and third thoughts about what Gary said and, of course, what Rob said. And what you guys in the, in the comment section I want to know something, Rob. Why is your hair coming down over your forehead now? I'm growing it out, Ben. I'm gonna be in an ad soon. Because he had when nice. you get your hair grown in, when you get your hair plugged, they um they shape it in a certain way. And Rob had the mullet in the front look. You had the mullet, <laughs> Ben. This is incredible, Ben. The science of hair. We grow hair By the way, <laughs> the science of hair regeneration is incredible. FUE, the technology is amazing. They take the hair out of the back of your head. They transplant it to the top of your head. It all grows in. I was going completely bald. Now I have a luscious head of hair that will last me the rest of my life. It's incredible. Rob, I Rob right now, joke. Rob right now know. is part. Rob right now is party in the front, business in the back. Um, <laughs> it's honestly though, can, Rob, it, it's so good. I I thought they were were funning on you. I thought they were making fun of you because it was some weird joke. And then one day I go, hey, Judah, what's up with this hair growing thing with Rob? He goes, oh, he had transplants. And I went, no way. Because I, oh, I, no. I, I couldn't I tell. He looked, I, think he looked, he looked, I couldn't tell. Okay. On that note, he I want to thank everybody. Remember, Rob's on every day from 9 to noon. Um, uh, Mock and Rob show. You can stream it every day on WIBC. Awesome Bam. Rob is the president of Conservative Talk Radio. And we're glad you got your internet back up. And of course, 
Gary Collins from the simplelifenow.com. Buy his books, Thank buy you. his supplements, buy everything. Trust the guy. I do. Even me. I'm and for he, sale. And, of, <laughs> and uh, of course, you can find Ben Stein, spectator.org. As always, throw a few shekel their way. It's much needed. One of the best online news sources out there. And you get to read Ben Stein's daily diaries. Um, you could also find him at Newsmax sometimes. And of course, his column in Newsmax.com. And you could find him here on The World According to Ben Stein. Yes, Ben Stein. And at the Fresh Fish Counter at Pavilion. At the Fresh Fish Counter at Pavilions, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's funny is you never know who you're going to see at the Fresh Fish Counter at Pavilions. It's always a surprise. But uh, Ben, you, if you're there, usually you can see Ben Stein. He appears there every day and every night. Um, ben Stein, we'll see you Thursday night, but please take us out. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Good night, everybody. We'll see you Thursday night.